An old man dies, a young podcast lives, a fair trade. I love you, harmless phosphorescence. The night's as hot as hell. It's a lousy room in a lousy part of a lousy town. I'm one of your hosts, Thoreau Smiley. Who's joining me this week? Hey there, I'm Josh Cece, and I only go stiff for a moment. I'm Brian Lesh, and I'll be rolling credits and title cards throughout today's episode. And you can scream now if you want to. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Homeless Phosphorescence. It's the deep dive movie podcast where we pick a theme or a series, watch the movies, gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. Would you like to be a patron too? It's easy. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We've got a lot of bonus pods there, a lot of bonus shows. Uh, we did a bunch of Star Wars ones. We do a, another movie one every month. There's a bunch of music shows up there. Um, this month, we're going to be doing Live and Let Die. That's right. You heard me. They did a twist on the normal saying, and then James Bond killed some people, and Paul McCartney sang about it. Live and Let Die this month. Just wait. It's a gummin', guys. Um, so that is patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. A dollar. One dollar per month is all you need. Head on over there. Check it out. But uh, this week... Check it out. Check it it's out. It's fresh. <laughs> the stacks of wax on backs of flax. Uh, this week, though, on Armless Phosphorus, we are watching Sin City. Gold is dead. I've been framed for murder. And the cops are in on it. Open up! Police! I'll be right out. Looking for Nancy Callahan? As to the stage, Pilgrim. She's just warming up. I made a terrible mistake. We need to get out of here. Break this second. This clown's out of control. Followed him here to make sure he didn't hurt any of the girls. Us helpless little girls. It's time to prove to your friends that you're worth a damn. Sometimes that means dying. Sometimes that means killing a whole lot of people. City. And that was the trailer I was able to find with the most talking in it. Um, <laughs> Sin City. It was released April 1st, 2005. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? 
There's a running time of 124 minutes. It cost $40 million, and it ended up making $158 million at the box office. It was a bona fide hit. Cha-ching. That's why we got a sequel in the spirit. Yes. Yeah, this movie is responsible for the spirit, so fuck you, Robert This Rodriguez. was... I remember people talking about this at school. This was the year I graduated from high school. I remember people being excited about this movie and being like, huh, you guys are excited. Okay. And I remember going and seeing it in the theater and just not being moved at all. I remember it being anticipated. Yeah. It was, but very, again, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a unique approach to a comic book movie for sure. It is to simply do the exact comic That's, book on right. screen. Uh, because, yeah, there is not a lot of dialogue anyway. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, Miller was just creating his minimalist graphic novel mm-hmm. directly, which is one reason why you don't have the author. There's, yes, the yeah, there's, directing. Yes, there's a lot of reasons why yep. the author shouldn't be involved in the filmmaking. Because, for one thing, usually comic book writers, artists, or even novelists aren't filmmakers. <laughs> And probably yeah. shouldn't do that. Yeah, I watched the Shining miniseries. We, there's a reason we don't talk about it. Well, it's 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 like science or anything else. It's the objectivity. You you're not seeing it. You know, like somebody would be like, "Well, here's my take," and Frank Miller would be like, "That's not how I drew it." <laughs> like, All right. Yep. Shane. We we know we know Frank. <laughs> right. You need that objectivity. Yeah, absolutely. You need to know what's best for the form, not just. Do I get really tired of the online, um, uh, the the constant online dialogue about like it's not a very it's not a good enough adaptation it's not a faithful adaptation like adaptations don't need to be faithful per se they need to be good. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at definitions of words, yeah, an adaptation does not need to be the same. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't should not be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, he adapted. By doing nothing at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, it, it did make a lot of money. So we're going to go ahead and play the box office top 10 game for the week right. of April 1st, 2005. This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week to the fellas here. And we'll go ahead and they'll try to guess the movie I'm describing. Um, so, yeah, April 1st, 2005. The number 10 movie of the week with the help of her coach, her mom, and the boy who drives the Zamboni. Nothing can stop Casey from realizing her dream to be a champion figure skater. (laughs) The boy that drives the Zamboni. (laughs) Zamboni boy. Some some play on Tony, Tony Zamboni. The curse on ice. Trying to think of a uh, ice, the Cutting Edge too. No, this actually stars Buffy Michelle Trachtenberg, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Dawn. Oh, <laughs> we, we know who she is. Yeah. Well, I mean, our our listeners <laughs> may not have. <laughs> That's their problem. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Huh. Um, it it is. I mean, it is okay. It's it's a, a it, it, uh, it's a very. Uh, she, the the title is is a really kind of generic title that doesn't tell you that it's necessarily about skating, but um, it also it, is semi related. 
Jacqueline Frost. Uh, the, the ice, ice. Or... Oh yeah, ice is in the title. Ice. The ice princess. Ice princess. Al gets it. Nice. That was an alley oop. I would. I, I wow. Would think. Yeah. Yeah. That was a the team ass- effort. The yeah. assists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, Al sunk it. But the, yeah. the tagline is: "Big things happen to those who dream big." Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, guys. And I, don't, I thought looking at the poster, I thought there was a that that there was like a uh, freaky fry, not freaky, yeah, but it, or like a uh, body swap thing, not, not body swap, but like a uh, what was what was the one with the identical cousins? Oh, parent trap, parent, oh, parent trap, trap thing happening because there's two Michelle, or... there's two Michelle Trachtenbergs leaning Thank back you. to back, and one's dressed up like a, 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 a figure skater and the other's just like I'm a 2005 schoolgirl. I have boot cut jeans that are around my hips <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, great. so it's not a movie about a figure skater and her manager twin sister I don't think so but I'm never gonna know because I'm not ever gonna watch it well I might do a Michelle Trachtenberg series at some point for the uh, Patreon when they switch identities that, to convince their hardcore Slavic coach to come back. Right. <laughs> that Michelle Trachtenberg series is going to be a riveting two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't she Harriet the Spy? <laughs> oh, she was. That's right. I'll was. do anything to watch Harriet the Spy again. I watched that like a year ago and I was just filled with nostalgia. Yeah, that's just charming. It was so good. Anyways. Um, at number nine this week. A smooth-talking man falls for a hardened columnist while helping a shy accountant woo a beautiful heiress. Is this a Kevin James uh, movie? Yeah, this no, is that. No, 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 this is far more prestigious than Kevin James. Oh, uh, damn. It's a one-word, one-syllable title, and it stars the freshest prince of Bel-Air. Life. No. no, happiness. Um, no, happiness. No, <laughs> it's Will. Will. Oh, Earth. He's he's the cure for the common man. Will Smith is Hitch. Oh, it's Hitch. Oh, that, wasn't Isn't Kevin, Kevin James? James? Oh, he yeah. might have been in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's who he's the Kevin James hit. movie. Okay, <laughs> sure. Well, no, I don't. But it's not a Kevin James movie. I wasn't it's a Will It's a Will I'm Smith arguing for movie. Josh on this one. It's a Will Smith movie. Anything Kevin, Kevin, anything the taint of Kevin James gets on becomes a look, Kevin look, James look. movie. I, I need to cut this right here. And now I was not defending Kevin James. <laughs> I was just trying nor, to place nor a was movie I. in my brain. Nor was I. <laughs> it's like I would never. A, I'm like, wait, was E.T. in that? No, it's about Henry Thomas. <laughs> yeah, but E.T. was there. Um, At number eight this week, when her husband unexpectedly disappears, a sharp-witted suburban wife and her daughters juggle their mom's romantic dilemmas and family dynamics. Who expectedly disappears? Right. Uh, <laughs> that's called just going somewhere. Yeah, Dad went to buy cigarettes and never returned. The movie. Um, the stars hmm. Evan Rachel Wood, Carrie Russell, Alicia Witt, Joan Allen, and Kevin Costner. Oh. Um, 
river runs through it. Through them. I I have never heard of this. On the poster, Kevin Costner looks like he's wearing like five pounds of mascara for some reason and has <laughs> dyed blonde hair. It's bizarre. Um, this is Remember called. when he had that goth persona? <laughs> yeah, he kind of. He kind of looks like a uh, a drag Eminem, but uh, from early 2000s. <laughs> you mean the what? green one? Yeah. Okay, what's this movie called? I want to look it up so I can see pictures of Kirk. Uh, it looks like he has lipstick on. Like, seriously, it looks like he's okay. wearing a lot of makeup. But it's called, It's him and his daughters. Oh, it's called what? Sorry. It's called The Upside of Anger. Huh. All right. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Violence? Huh? No, it, well, anger, no, says, anger gets things done. Well, wait, it yeah. says, the upside of anger is the person you can become. According oh. to the tagline. So that's nonsense. Then. Yes. <laughs> absolute. Absolute nonsense. He, he does have the weirdest bleached blonde thinning haircut but, I've ever seen. But Kevin also like, with. The, like like the eyes and the lips. It looks like he's wearing Makeup. He's got shadow on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the eyes, the lips, the eyes of Kevin <laughs> he, He's got it all. <laughs> that certain razzmatazz. <laughs> I I don't know what. <laughs> A certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. <laughs> At number seven this week. <laughs> okay. Just the description of this. Um, six months after a previous incident... <laughs> new clues prove that there is a new evil lurking in the darkness. <laughs> this is a so, uh, yeah, this is a horror sequel. Horror sequel. It was really big, early to mid two thousands. Uh, it's not like a torture porn one necessarily. It's more. It's, so it's not Saw two. No, it's the con- Conjuring. Not the Conjuring. I think it's a little early for the Conjuring, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's so. a it's it's a uh, it's a an adaptation of a very popular uh, Asian uh, horror film. The oh, it's The Ring, the, right? The Ring Two. Oh, Two. yeah. The Ring also. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Se- a second Ring dance with stopped. a girl from my TV. <laughs> Ring <laughs> Ring a ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Dean Martin as the girl. <laughs> Frank as the well. I mean, just Dean, Dean Martin, Martin is the funniest out of all of them, so it makes yeah, yeah. sense to have him climb out of the TV. Just D- Dean Martin with like a wig on is like, Frank boy. Okay, okay, so now that's the thing I want to see AI do is remake old horror movies with the Rat Pack. Oh my god, so many things could be remade with the Rat Pack. Ghostbusters. Yeah, that okay, okay. I'm I'm seeing a lane now. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Yeah, run toward it. Let's do it. Right. It would be popular. It would be very popular. The Expendables. Um oh, like an, ex- oh, an Expendables movie with the Rat Pack. Oh, I would watch this shit. Oh yeah. Um, or like um Ocean's 11, but with <laughs> yeah. them. Or like, oh my god! Right. <laughs> we could. That will slip by you there, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see all of the Bonds do a movie together. Oh wow! Anyways, the, the possibilities are literally. Well, uh, a sword fight It'd just be a ninety-minute dick 
Crossing the street. Just being more misogynistic towards one girl in a dress at a bar. Just all the bonds in like a gym shower together. (laughs) Yeah. That probably exists on the internet somewhere. I was picturing a a fight club type circle (laughs) while like Sean Connery beats up Timothy Dalton in front of all of them. George Lazenby just off to the <laughs> side by himself, smoking a he's cigarette. Like, he's like, I'll do one fight. <laughs> uh, uh, number six this week. Having recovered from wounds received in a failed rescue operation, Navy SEAL Shane Wolf is handed a new assignment. Protect the five plumber kids from enemies of their recently deceased father a government scientist whose top secret experiment remains in the kid's house. <laughs> Is this the, the Rock or Vin Diesel? Diesel. It's it's a okay. Diesel. Uh, Is this the Super a Mario Quintuplets? <laughs> Is this what, Brian? <laughs> the babysitter? It's no. That, close. close. Something that, nanny, right? Like the, the man. No, no, no. No, no. It, 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 it is baby-related, a baby-related pun. Kinda. Um... It's from the director of Bringing Down the House. It's a Walt Disney food, uh, film. Yeah, I can picture even the, the Yeah, he's wearing poster. a bassinet, right? With he, a baby on it. He's got a baby oh, uh, in he's front. He's got like a gun. And like and a it. toddler on the back of him, and he's carrying like a baby bag, and then like the teen kids are like, ugh. Yeah. It's, All right. It's Vin Diesel is the pacifier. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is actually a very clever yeah, for that for movie, a, for a pun name. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was that. There, I, I, the genre of like tough guy has to deal with kids is hilarious and awful all at once. It's always, but it's time tested. Yeah, From the bad news bears, six pack all the way. You yeah. know, like it's funny to. Yeah, I don't know. It does work. It's I mean, odd. Jason Statham made a career out of that yeah. for twenty years. At uh, uh, number five this week at the box office, Gracie Hart abandons the life of a field agent to become the public face of the FBI. Yet, when Cheryl Fraser and Stan Fields are kidnapped, she is determined to rescue them along with her reluctant partner. <laughs> Not Cheryl Fraser and Stan Field. <laughs> I know what they use properly. This isn't miscongeniality. It is miscongeniality two. 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 Armed and fabulous. That's why we know their names. That makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but we do they not thought know it did. their names. We do not. I mean, I, I really enjoy the first one. I can't remember the yeah. second as well, but no, I didn't know their names. I just love Sandra Bullock. I will watch anything with her in it. I, I can't say what is a household name around here because sometimes I call my wife by a different name. <laughs> <laughs> I I sometimes call like my wife the cat's name. Like it like stuff just happens. Yeah, it just happens. No, I'll call I'll call the dog by like Jude's name. Like it's yeah. Um at number four this week in a world. <laughs> in a world. Um, so, all right, I'll leave that part out. A young idealistic inventor travels to the big city to join his inspirations company, only to find himself opposing its sinister new management. Wow, if I left out that first clause, you don't have any idea what this is about. Is this the prestige? Oh, God, no. 
now so so far off. Um, this. All right, take it take it easy, little bud. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like that's the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> you dumb son this, of a bitch. Um, you ever seen a movie? I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Yeah. Cloudy with a chance Joe. of meatballs. No, Al. This stars, oh, good this stars Ewan McGregor, Halle okay. Berry, Greg Kinnear, Amanda Bynes, Drew Carey, Robin Williams, and Mel Brooks. What? It, it is animated, you said? It is animated, yes. An inventor? Uh, uh, this, oh, is, this is a movie yeah. I saw. Oh, wait, wait. I saw, this, saw? I saw this in the theater with Rain when he was... Uh, Oh, is it a Despicable Me? No, 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 it did not get a sequel. Uh, It's not a very well-regarded children's film, but it wasn't terrible. I didn't think it was terrible. It wasn't good, though. Nine and a half Shreks. (laughs) (laughs) Where Shrek and and Donkey, like, explore their sexual bondage (laughs) desires. Yeah, there's not a lot to do in this one. You get the top half of the Shrek or the bottom half? (laughs) (laughs) I want the top half, for that is where the face lives. (laughs) Uh, this film has a one-word title from the creators of Ice Age, and the tagline is "Repair for Adventure." <laughs> oh, robots! 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 Yes, <sighs> it is robots. Oh, right. okay, okay. Mel Brooks. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. I didn't know Mel. I remember. He Rob plays Boyd. like a wacky old scientist guy who has like five lines. That makes sure. sense. Uh, at number three this week. Oh, okay. Okay. A determined hairstylist competes with her former boss after opening her own business in Atlanta. The beauty shop? Beauty shop, yeah, starring Queen Latifah. Yeah, the barbershop. Spinoff, kind of, yeah. Spin-off. It's really funny. It's really, yeah. really funny. I've never seen things. beauty shop. I've I love Barbershop, though, so... Yeah. Um, well, Queen Latifah's so funny. She's... I, I love her. She could be the lead yeah. in just about anything, and I would watch it. She's so funny. She's good, so... It, it's crazy the number of, like, Gen Zs that have no idea she was a rapper. No clue. For real. Yeah. Um, At number two this week... A young woman, Teresa brings her boyfriend Simon home to meet her parents and surprise them with the news of their engagement. Another surprise, Simon is white. Love Simon? No. No? That's a TV show, I oh, thought. This is Guess th- who? Guess who, yeah, the terrible ca- Ashton Kutcher. Uh, I mean, okay, it's not great. Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac in the, uh, the race-swapped uh, remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah. <sighs> Brittany Murphy as well, I think, right? Uh, no, maybe that's something else. Yeah. Moving on. Um, and at number one this week, premiering at number one, an exploration of the dark and miserable Basin City and three of its residents, all of whom are caught up in a violent corruption. You know, throw. I didn't get the Basin City Sin City connection until you read that. Basin right City now. Sin City, yeah. Thank all that's a basin. That's where you, all those yeah. the runoff and yeah, waste. Exactly. Um, 
So yeah, that that is the box office top ten for the week of April first, two thousand five. Not a banner <laughs> week at the movies. <laughs> no. Um, which brings us to the comic book and character background. Professor Al, enlighten us. All right, but uh, I will admit that when it comes to comics research, I'm as expert as a palsy victim doing brain surgery with a pipe wrench. <laughs> yeah. You bastard. Uh, <laughs> you stole my closing line. Finally. You, you yellow bastard. Uh, um, okay, Sin City is a series of neo-noir comics by writer-artist Frank Miller. Uh, Miller was known previously for his work on Marvel's Daredevil from 81 to 83, and his DC miniseries The Dark Knight Returns in 86, um, and another hit a year later with Batman Year One, um, amongst other things. Uh, those are sort of his big ones, yeah. Dark Knight Returns, I mean, that's an undisputed masterpiece. I mean, everyone agrees on that. Yeah, absolutely. The Dark Dark Knight Returns uh, changed comic books. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, along novel, with it's like top ten issues ever. Yeah, along with uh, Watchmen, I think came out the same year. Alan Moore's Watchmen. Or, yes, but you're right. Uh, but yeah, that was, was, that was a, uh, a they caused a sea change in comics. Um, the first Sin City story originally appeared in Dark Horse Presents 5th Anniversary Special in April of 1991. This first story continued to be published in serialized form in Dark Horse Presents numbers 51 through 62 and became the first Sin City trade paperback in 93. Uh, it was titled uh, just Sin City at the time. Then it was re-released in 1995 under the name Sin City, The Hard Goodbye. Uh, and that was Marv's uh, story with Goldie. Um, that was the, the first Sin City yarn. Um, other Sin City yarns continued to be published by Dark Horse as limited series, including A Dame to Kill For, The Big Fat Kill, that yellow bastard and more. Um, that yellow bastard, I believe, was the first Sin City to include color in the the comic in the in the inside because uh, sure. they had color on the cover. Um, but of course, that color being yellow to indicate the yellow bastard. Yeah. Um, the comics take place in and around Basin City, a fictional town in the western United States. Um, I really liked this uh, description on Wikipedia. Whoever wrote this, I, I feel, did a good job um, describing the city itself. Uh, it says the, the climate is hot and arid, although Sacred Oaks is characterized as being heavily wooded. Um, Sacred Oaks was the the suburb where the yeah. the high and the the rich and the powerful lived like um, thousand oaks it was near the tar pit uh a major uh sorry a major river runs through the city which has an extensive waterfront usually twice a year a major downpour comes and the city is prone to heavy snowfall in the winter desert 
Desert lizards and palm trees are common, while tar pits, desert areas, mountain ranges, and flat farmland make up the landscape around the city. I don't feel like desert or dry came in. Like, no, it seemed all. it seemed humid, like hot, wet, like, raining a lot. Yeah, yeah. This uh, was during one of the two major downpours, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, the rainy it, season. It, it feels like the noir combinations you get of of New York, Chicago, and LA. Yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit of Key Largo. Yeah. Um, I feel like the first time I watched it, I imagined a, a a New York City, though now I can see more of an L.A., but I don't think it was actually intended to be a coastal city um, as written. Mm. And I mean, watch, wa- watch, watching the movie again um, didn't see an, what would indicate an ocean. So... On, um, on a great lake, perhaps, because it does have an extensive waterfront, as we said. Yeah, there is the, a there's a major river that runs through the city. Oh, the waterfront's just on the river. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, and like so, uh, like a St. Louis. Yeah. Kind of kind of deal. A good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Don't forget, he's a Brit, so it's just an amalgam of all the gross cityness that he sees American. Yeah. yeah. It could be Is he London a Brit? as well. Frank Miller? Pretty sure. Holy shit. A lot of things are about to change for me. <laughs> it right now. Go ahead and continue. Um, okay, so uh, key locations in the city include the Projects, the Docks, Katie's Club Pecos, the Rourke Family Farm, Old Town, the Red Light District, and the Santa Yolanda Tar Pits. Well, he is not British, so... Yeah, no, he is not. He was born... He was Maryland? Maryland. In Maryland, yeah. Weird. Um, I thought he was well, British, too. You're not alone. Yeah, <laughs> he just... Uh, I mean, Alan Morris, maybe I would just... Yeah. That's confuse probably, them in my mind, yeah. but I just thought he was... He reminded me of that Stanley dude who was directing Island to Dr. Moreau. Like, he always had a fedora and a yeah. British... I don't know. Mm-hmm. In fact, he has a fedora, right? <laughs> Wow. All right. Pardon uh, me. Continue on. I just now learned. <laughs> he was in this movie and he, his American accent was flawless. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all takes. So for a Brit, he did a good job. Um, sure did. <laughs> an interesting, interesting note um, the Basin City Central train station has a direct connection to Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Details. Um, I'm not sure where that popped up in the comics, but popped up in my research. Not not like a literal connection, railroad connection. A railroad connection. Yeah, a direct, but a a direct line. Um, So it was near, supposed to be near. I I started imagining it being like along the Colorado. Hmm. So the Colorado River doesn't have a lot of dock cities with docks and the whatnot. Colorado, yeah, the col- it's, well, it's not the same as the Mississippi, I think. I suppose there's a there's a uh, what is the that 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 military town um, that's along the Colorado, um, up a little bit north, northern Arizona, not northern, mm. but um, 
what is it? Um, and there's Parker and Saint something. Saint John no. is up that way. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure, but um, still a fictional town. <laughs> it's it's Lake, somewhere. Lake Havasu is what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A military town. Um, there's a base there. I know. There? I, yeah, I knew people. You might be no, Huachuca is what you might be thinking about, but Lake Havasu is up north. It's where Spring Break. It's where the London Bridge is. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Um, I decided not to go into the characters right now because uh, I I think they are pretty faithfully portrayed on screen and essentially speak for themselves. Um, and there are a lot of characters. There's a lot, and they're they're not like. There's, there, there's, there's, there's like three characters that he just makes into different characters. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're not all that different. They're all stand-ins for each other. I. Yeah. Yep. I was very confused because I had seen this in 2005. I kept waiting for, uh, what's his name, John McClane, to turn into the wrestler. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> they look so similar. I was like, does he grow up to be Marv? How does this work? Well, they're the same. I I do have to say that they did a lot of work to make Mickey Rourke look more human. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. A, oh god, have you seen him? Lately? I mean, yeah, I, he's turned into I, Marv. He would look a lot better if he yeah. looked like this. Yeah, it's three stories about the same guy. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in each vignette, the female character is the same. gruff, tough well, as whether, nails, but with a heart of gold. Whether played by a different woman. Yeah. Yeah, and the same like yeah, exactly, and the same like, like the same one, tough, abrasive, but with a heart of gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she um, can take so take care of herself. I better take care of her. We will end today's uh, research section by noting that Frank Miller uh, won numerous awards, Eisner and otherwise, for the stories contained in Sin City. All right. Thank you, Al. That brings us to the uh, (laughs) film background, the production of the film itself. This movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller. Um, A uh, rare uh, directing uh, co-credit in which it... uh, so Robert Rodriguez was told by the Directors Guild of America that he could not share credit on this since they weren't an established directing team. So he resigned from the Directors Guild of America in order to give Frank Miller a directing credit. All right. Um, it was uh, a... The writing credit was given to Frank Miller because they did no adaptation. Yeah. I don't know if they even had a script. They they may have just handed people the comic books. Or said it behind the camera, you know, like the way Brando or Orson Welles was directed, you know, here are the lines, action, say the line, cut, All right, here are the next line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there was, <laughs> I think there was a shooting script, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they they shot a number of scenes before they even cast the film 
and then just digitally uh, put the actors in to the scenes where stand-ins had been used. Well, and this was sort of like where Robert Rodriguez was really like innovating some tech, right? With his right. troublemaker studios. And, exactly. Know. Yeah. And and it, it is visually very interesting. Oh, yes. It, it accomplishes its goal in that respect several times throughout. The, mm-hmm. you know. uh, technologically, this is not that far from uh, Clone Wars as far as the amount of green screen yeah. standing standing in empty locations kind of thing mm-hmm. but the difference in the the outcome this has a style you know obviously right. they're taking it directly from the book whereas attack of the clones kind of lacks a visual Atta- style attack of the clones looked like looks like my cat ate my star wars toys and then puked them up <laughs> oh but inside a playstation 3 exactly yeah but, but- like, yeah, just using all that technological stuff to just put images on screen versus this, which is like using all that technology to make a stylistic thing come to life. Mm-hmm. is It's different. It's kind of neat. It is. I, I will give them credit for achieving an, an interesting, distinct, and uh, striking style, which they were going for. 100% they achieved their goal. This, just uh, the whole time I kept watching this the second time around, it reminds me of Dick Tracy. Where it's like, we're going to do a stylistic thing and the movie comes second. Yeah, very much so. You know? Um, Yeah, they... They they actually toned down some of the violence and nudity (laughs) from the comic. Um, Robert Rodriguez also did the soundtrack. Um, Of course he did. Yeah, of course Uh, he did. He's like, uh, what's his face playing the synthesizer in all of his movies too? Oh, uh, John I can't Carpenter. Think of it. John Carpenter. Yeah, it's like the moment the credits rolled in this movie multiple times. I just thought, oh, it's Robert Rodriguez on his electric guitar. Yep, exactly. Here he is. I'll take another paycheck. Yep. Yeah. Seriously. Exactly. Um, one, one scene was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, that was, and did, did, I don't. I don't know if you guys looked it up. Do if you didn't, do any of you have any clue which scene it was? Is it the scene in the apartment where he gets the flushy? No. Nope. I believe it was uh, the scene in the car with Dwight and dead Jackie boy. Yeah, oh. it's the scene. Yeah, it's it's the the drive from the uh, from from the, the the hookers to the tar pits was directed by Quentin Tarantino. That makes sense. <laughs> That's kind of cool because it's like a bottle for him to come in and just shoot on one day. Yeah. It's two people sitting in a car, one of them who has, you know, three lines. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so but there's it's also that like um, Zemeckis, Spielberg, Dante Spielberg. Kinda, exactly. you know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like here, can I can I can I do that? Well, one? and this can was I right about that? the time they were doing Grindhouse. Yeah. 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 This is and like the, the test. Uh, the for Alamo, um, uh, draft house, the, uh, yeah, Boston Film Festival they put together. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, our uh, cast is extensive. Uh, we've got Jessica Alba as Nancy Callahan. She got top billing because in 2005 she was, you know, the young. She was it. Yeah, she was the it girl. 
Her and Brooklyn um, Feet. She was also alphabetically first. Oh, yeah, true. True. Alba. Uh, we talked about and her. she's British. <laughs> <laughs> we talked, oh, wait. <laughs> we, we talked about her twice already in uh, Fantastic Four movies. Uh, Devin Aoki as Miho. Um, she uh, she's in the Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, oh, it's literally alphabetical top billing. Yeah, that's that makes sense. I was like, well, how did she get so high? Well, no, no, this list is alphabetical. I'm not going in in order of billing. Okay, I'm just <laughs> yeah, let's just let's um, yeah. and the, <laughs> the the credit sequence um, was uh, listed them alphabetically as well. Yeah, it did. But um, on the posters, it was Jessica Alba okay. and Bruce Willis. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't sell it with Mickey Rourke and Iogi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexis uh, Bidel, Bledel, Alexis Bledel, Bledel, as yep. uh, Lorelai, right? Becky, Gilmore Girls, uh, Rory. Well, Rory, te- sorry. Te- technically Lorelai. They were both named Lorelai, but yeah, Rory uh, from Gold, from not Which... Golden Girls. Still doesn't make any sense. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, no, she was Lorelai Jr., So, but they called her Rory. I don't know. Um, Powers Booth as Senator Ethan Rourke. We uh, talked about him in The Avengers. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's the he's bad guy. The yeah. yeah. Malik. He's on. Yeah. You think? Yeah. No, I think he was on that council, right? Oh, but I, I think his name is Malik. I think he's Gideon Malik. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. He 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 also, um, I'm sure Al is about to tell us, the voices Gorilla Grodd in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Uh, Rosario Dawson as Gale. Um, we, I think Gale. The, we most recently talked about her and Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. I forgot oh, she's really? in Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. I mean, she's Ahsoka. She's the night nurse. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. <laughs> and my gal Um Benicio Del Toro as, as Jackie Boy. Hey, Jackie Iron Boy. Jack Rafferty. Um, the, oh, those prosthetics. <laughs> and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, did we talk about him in anything outside of episode eight? Yeah, Star Wars, I think, is the only... Oh, wait, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the collector. Yes, he oh, was. Oh, yes, he is. That's yes. right. Yeah. But I feel like we did on something else, too, on a monthly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> on our monthly. We, probably. At some point, we may have... Um, well, he's incredible, and he was from the moment he hit the scene. Yeah, absolutely. He's Benicio Del Toro. Like, yeah. And he Benicio Del Toro's the hell out of this movie, too. This yeah. is a very cool Benicio Del Toro performance. Yes, it is. Absolutely. This, this reminds me a lot of Fear and Loathing. Mm. The, he like he just mumbles the hell out of this movie in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael Clark Duncan as Minute. <laughs> he surprised the hell out of me seeing him <laughs> pop up. With his yellow eye for, yeah. Uh, we talked about him most recently in Green Lantern, although he was also uh, Kingpin in the Daredevil movie. Um, yep. Rick Gomez as Douglas Clump. That's the uh, that's the, the non-Nick Offerman one Whoa. of the pair. Uh, 
Clump and Schlub. Yeah, Clump and Schlub. Josh Hartnett as the salesman at the beginning and the end of the film. Um, Rutger Hauer as Cardinal Rourke. We talked about... Oh, what do we wait? We've we've done a Rutger Hauer movie, haven't we? Oh yeah, oh. we did. Uh, what's that one? Split second. Split second. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, and right. we and we did. Whole, uh... Did we do Blade Runner the first one? No, we have no. not done Blade Runner. Oh, I thought it was in that uh, week. With, uh, I Galaxy also Quest. feel like there was another <laughs> Batman Begins. He was in Batman Begins. Yes. That's oh he was. yeah. Uh um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Nikki Krad is uh, Stuka. Jamie King as Goldie and Wendy. Um, Jamie King. Uh, was, was she the one that married Charlie Sheen? No. No. That was Denise Richards. That's right. The, the other, like, blonde lady. I don't know who this... Ja- yeah, Andrea recognized her. I don't know. Jamie King? Um, She was in The Spirit. Oh, yeah, she was. Um, Jamie King as Lorelai. Oh, it's the gal that looks like uh, what's her face, like Barbie. Yeah, she right? does. She uh, she looks like Barbie, and she looks like Denise Richards. Um, yeah, she was in. Uh, whoa, oof. let's see. Oh, she was a. I guess she was a model first. Um, Good for her. Yeah. Uh, oh, she voices Aura Singh in the Clone Wars. <laughs> um. Anyways, wasn't she in Joe Dirt? I think she was the love oh, interest in Joe maybe, Dirt. Yeah. That's how I recognize her, sadly. Uh, yes. Michael Madsen was Detective Bob. <laughs> if you wanted a character to betray another character, hire Michael Madsen. He's oh. perfect for it. If you want him to betray him very half-heartedly and episode. Yeah, no, yeah. this might have been the worst performance I've ever seen Michael Madsen give. Yeah, like he, he wandered on set and was like, uh, "Hey, don't go in there. I, I, I don't, I don't think you should do it." They're like you keep trying to act. Same... Can you just read your lines for us? I had the same Emote thought. Less, Michael. Um, Emote less. So, uh, he actually got the part um, at the the wrap up party for um, Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. He just like wandered up to Robert Rodriguez. Is like, why haven't I been cast in this movie? And they had like one uncast part, and it was Bob. That's pretty great. So they put him in. And then he wandered on set one day and they <laughs> held up a card and he said those words and then he left. Yeah. I remember thinking the same thing. I was like, he's way better than what he's doing right now. Yeah. He, so I I wonder, I brought up Attack of the Clones. I wonder how much of this movie suffers from the same thing that the Attack of the Clones suffered from, which was, I'm not talking to a person. You did bring up I'm talking. I'm talking to a to a a ping pong ball. What's I wonder if there are elements of that in this movie, and I wonder if he got brought in late to shoot it with Bruce Willis, but with a scene that Bruce I Willis already it, shot. You know, it was terrible dialogue. That he, well, that there too. was it no was way to deliver well. Dialogue, but yeah. also, I, he was probably shooting it alone in a green room. That's because that's what it feels like. Sure. And, but it might does. not just but, yeah. The whole movie feels what, like. That. So what's interesting? I, I watched a few uh, uh, press. Uh, press tour interviews from the time um, and Jessica Alba was asked about shooting on green screen she's just like oh no it's actually great because then you get to just concentrate on your performance and you don't get distracted by things around you oh wow she's making lemonade man yeah she's, she is yeah. I think yeah I mean I, I, on a certain level I agree with her 
if, if, if your job is to convince people and to play pretend, you should be able to play pretend in anyway. You yeah. should be able to. But also- it's like if you put, you know, like I'm honest, I'm a sub captain. So they rebuilt a sub and now yeah. I'm in a sub and it's accurate and everything, you know. Instead of you're in a room, okay, now you're in a sub. Maybe I've taught improv for too many years, <laughs> but it's way more impressive. But than- those are like foundational acting skills. Yeah. Right. Like pretend you're in this place. Absolutely. That's what I just, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's just crazy to have that be a complaint. Yeah. Like, it's, I well, can't. I mean, they made Ian uh, McKellen cry about green screens. So, yeah. Well, but point. that's, but again, that's because he wasn't shooting with another person. That's true. That was his big thing. He was like, I just want another person to act with. That's true. I'm so lonely. <laughs> uh, Clark Middleton played Sh- uh, Schutz. Not Schultz. Schutz. Um, Schutz. Brittany Murphy as Shelly. Uh, tragic figure, yeah. Brittany Murphy. Um, Nick Offerman as Schlub, which was crazy. Um, Clive Owen as Dwight. Uh, Mickey Rourke as Marv. And Elijah Wood as Kevin. Kevin! <laughs> is that the Kevin, Kevin from Cabin in the Woods? Kevin is my go-to joke name. Is that the Kevin from Cabin in the Woods, maybe? What? <laughs> maybe. In Cabin, have I you seen know. Cabin in the Woods? I've, I've seen it, but... At, on the big board, one of the, thing, one of the monsters is just Kevin. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Beware of Kevin. Yeah. He is otherworldly. He is. Uh, Marley Shelton as the customer. That's the one that got killed by Josh Hartnett at the beginning. Um, Nick Stahl as Ethan Rourke Jr. Uh, and the Yellow Bastard. The Yellow Bastard, yeah. yeah. Nick Stahl, who was... What is he from? He was uh, John Connor in Terminator 3. Oh, that's he was right, in that movie from. Bully with uh, Brad Riff. Yeah, that, that did pretty well. It was an independent that broke through. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was like the, the it dude for a minute. Yeah, yeah. That, that that Franco Chalamet kind of like, ooh, yeah. he's a hot young actor. Yeah, and then it doesn't really go anywhere, and he becomes a character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, he yeah, yeah nothing interesting about the guy. Um, yeah, we mentioned Elijah Wood. Um, Tommy Flanagan is Brian, and Lisa Marie Newmeyer is Tammy. Um, there's, yeah, that's about it. I mean, the, this film's kind of self-explanatory. Uh, the uh, it is, it yeah, really is. Yeah, it, it has seventy-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave it four stars and called it brilliant. That makes sense. That tracks for him. Yeah. Um, and I have a few uh, letterboxed reviews. Uh, letterboxed user Matt Lynch writes, Robert Rodriguez never met an aesthetic he couldn't half-ass. Nothing's worth doing if you can't green screen it in your garage. But it had to be, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, 
The reason that it, I think it doesn't go into any uncanny areas because they mess with the scale of things just like he did in his artwork. Yeah. Great example is the first time we see that somebody dunked into a toilet. That toilet is oddly out of scale compared to the human beings or any human Absolutely. being that was yeah. sitting, you know, so if they had, if they tried to recreate all of this in Frank Miller style, practically, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, see no, how you could have I, done it any other way. I, I, I think that in his half-ass in his garage is the the key complaint the here, not the green screen. Well, no, that's that nerd's clever little. Yeah, yeah. I think getting the lighting right, you had to use green screen. It, it would have been so impossible to to frame off bleeding light into the background. Yeah, well, I you think know, there's so much forced perspective in his artwork. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. Letterbox user Aleph Bolnall just provides the Wikipedia link to castration anxiety. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. That's a diagnosable anxiety? I think we should all sort of have right. that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fear I live with. I'm sure. comfortable saying It's always been loud. in the back of my mind. I think Why any human with testicles probably does. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I get a little chill anytime I hear a a choir in falsetto. Yeah, yeah. it's triggering. I'll admit. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Letterbox user Ty writes: The Spy Kids trilogy and The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl remain the best Rodriguez movies. Don't get it (laughs) twisted. All right. Probably true. I'm not against that. Jack Moulton writes, Zack Snyder's been chasing this high for 15 years and hasn't come close once. Yeah. Not, fair. not wrong. Yeah, not that's wrong. Fair. I mean, yeah, gritty. Gritty and brooding. Yeah. We've talked about it over and over with Snyder. I mean, if he could make Justice League in black and white, he would, and we found that out the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, no, black and white Justice League is basically this movie. It exists. It's what he wanted. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, Martha. Martha. <laughs> One but word. It, but the black and white version, they slowed that down, and he says it for about three minutes. Martha. Martha. Every time I hear the name Martha, um, I think about uh, uh, this PBS kids cartoon that was really big when Jude was a toddler about a talking dog that can spell. Not only can he talk, he can spell. She, because her name's Martha. Oh, Martha. The spelling dog. Please, Jude. And our final letterbox review. It's text YT writes, I want to bring the swastika back. I think it's a cool design. Frank Miller probably. Five stars. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, like, edgelord mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's from the comic. I'm pretty sure that she uses yes. swastika yes. throwing stars, but, like, he could Powerful have chosen iconography. To, to use regular ninja throwing stars also. <laughs> yes. Or Frank, a variation. Frank Miller yeah. said, I'm going to draw this as a swastika. Like, yeah. Yes. And then he was like, we should put it in the movie, too. It'd be great. The, uh, the Nazis, honestly, it the Nazis bother. really ruined that symbol. For a lot of people, yeah. This is one of the few times in a movie where it just doesn't bother me at all. It does. I'm not like, oh, weird. It doesn't bother me any more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this, I I will agree. I will agree. 
It's literally a weapon. I'm gonna. Be uh, it clear. doesn't bother me. If it was on somebody's arm, I'd be like, "This is creepy." No, it doesn't bother me because this is a movie wherein Bruce Willis pulls off another man's genitals by hand, and they're yellow, and they splatter yellow everywhere. Well, and then 20 minutes later, he's saving the sexual assault victim uh, again and kissing her on the mouth. So, yes. yeah, uh, this movie shocks the hell out of me so many times with its choices. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, we'll get into that. That's, yeah, it just that's, doesn't age well. Yeah, nor, nor tropes are rough. <laughs> yeah, they are. So that's it. Guys, you ready to jump into the movie? Yeah. Angina's tough. <laughs> let me jump off of this building in slow motion while my girlfriend yells at me <laughs> and I just ignore what she said because Dave's yeah. right yeah. Dave's. I love that that comes back that's that's a very satisfying moment in this movie yeah. anyways so here we go this is Sin City we open with a voiceover from the salesman he walks onto a penthouse balcony there's a woman looking out over Basin City. He offers her a cigarette, says she looks like someone who's tired of running. He says he'll save her. They kiss. He shoots her. She dies in his arms. His voiceover, he says, he'll never know what she was running from, but he'll cash her check in the morning. Her uh, check? I, I saw a different version where this was the middle of the movie for some reason. God damn it, Brian, you wrote... Or you watched the extended version. Was it two and a half hours? It was so long. We told you not to do that. We said was, in the chat, we said don't so watch late. the extended version. It's so late. I'll tell you guys what I saw. No. God no, damn it. No. <laughs> I warned you. Why oh, was no. it at the why was it in the middle though? Well, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it it made so it little we, I was so confused. It didn't make any more sense in the beginning. Right. Well, at least in the beginning, you forget about it. In the middle, I'm like, well, "What is happening? What does that come into play?" You watched an extra half hour does. of this movie that you didn't have oh, to, and I subjected my poor girlfriend to it too. <laughs> Anyways, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's hilarious. Josh and I both talked about it in the chat. He was like, "Oh, it's on Amazon. Just you have to search for the." Frank Miller syndrome. Uh, Al brought it. Yeah, I, I think Al gave the exact title. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I remember reading those I, texts. I gave the exact <laughs> title of which one to watch and which one not to watch. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hilarious. I may or may not have just reverted to watching movies through illicit means. So <laughs> I'm sure, okay. I'll take what I get from the Google. <laughs> um, so we cut to a credit sequence over images from the comic. Then we cut to Bruce well, Willis. I'm so, uh, uh, I guess I should decide if I want to do this uh, throughout the show. What what check? Her, her check? Oh, she she hired him to kill her. That's uh, what it seems like. He says. Uh, I assume that it's the check for her death. Was how I read that, but it that's, is worded so dumb. Well, that's that's what I also assume. Well, I can only go based on what how it was worded. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, he says that's literally, what I, "I will cash her check." Her check in the morning. Tomorrow. It yeah. could be a different I, her. Um, but then she's referred to as the customer, and the scene is the customer is always right. Yeah. yeah. So you it would lead you to believe that she was the one who hired him to kill her. 
It's a suicide by Hitman. A suicide by Josh Hartnett. (laughs) Hey, you know, if I yeah, wanted somebody somebody handsome to do it, Josh Hartnett is up there. Sta- she's standing on top of an open air, uh, you know, roof. <laughs> be real easy. 30 feet or 30 yeah. stories. Or she something. could have saved herself 10 grand by just jumping. Yeah. I mean, you can't take the money with you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. That's dumb as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. I um, just wanted to make sure that I heard the same. Okay. But would it be less dumb if it were in the middle of the movie, Josh? No, no, it, it didn't help anything in the beginning either. No, it. No. There was no reason. It, we didn't need the bookends. Be yeah. an adjacent film. It's still. In, it does yeah. actually well, make more sense in the beginning, at least, because Josh Hartnett bookends the film this way. So, did you guys have credits rolling throughout every single? No. So I had credits at the end of every single sequence, and there's about four and a half minutes of credits for each one of them. So I think that might have been our extra 30 minutes for the director's cut was just giving these people credit for their contributions to each individual vignette. (laughs) So there might not have been that much extra content in this movie. In the middle, there was an in memoriam. (laughs) Yes. And they reunited the cast of Cheers halfway through. <laughs> That's strange. Actually, the uh, the version that I didn't watch uh, that said it was uncut um, was only four minutes longer. It was two hours eight instead of two hours four. The one I saw hmm. was two hours two thirty four. I think. The one- yeah, it's, so there's, that's what I had. There are three versions. Okay. Bob Rodriguez, thanks. Anyways, so Bruce Willis is driving and narrating. It's his last day on the job. He's a cop. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. I'm too old last for this day. shit. Mendoza. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my sweetheart. We're getting married when they get out of here. Here's an. Here's our boat. It's called the Live Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna die. <laughs> In garage, yeah. The boat. <laughs> if I had a boat, I would give it a name and then call it the boat. <laughs> the boat. <laughs> yes. uh, he has a heart condition. Uh, he arrives at the crime scene. Uh, his partner is trying to talk him out of stopping a serial child killer, Rourke Jr. He's going to rape and kill his fourth known victim, 11 year old. 11-year-old Nancy Callahan. Yep. Junior is the son of Senator Rourke. Hardigan knocks Bob out. Like, I get that, like, organized crime exists and corruption exists. Good for you. Right? Like, those are concepts (laughs) that we can all accept. But this is is a crazy leap from, like, the cops are bought and sold by the the senator or whatever. Mm -hmm. His kid is murdering children. Raping and yeah. murdering children, and the cops oh, are like, let him finish, lot. let him finish. Yeah, like, just let him cook, man. He's got, who knows where he'll go next. It's just, you feel, it's... You, you feel like that's, that's unrecognizable, like, that's an I unfamiliar mean, Epstein trope? Island. I think Epstein it's, it's, Island. It's, no, no, no. I, I, I'm just saying, it's a, it's a wild place to start. It's a wild-ass place for us to start with Sin City being like, and this is how corrupt Sin City is. It's like, oh, shit. Whoa, anything, literally anything can go. I mean, which which it, was the goal, I'm sure, but like, ugh. it's 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 huh. it's a hardcore place to start okay. a movie at for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, Hardigan is fighting pain from a bad heart, heads into the warehouse where Rourke Jr. is holding Nancy. He runs into two thugs talking about their car. He knocks them both unconscious. He arrives at the warehouse. Junior wings him in the arm, runs to the docks. Hardigan follows, shoots off his ear, his hand, and his genitals. Bob suddenly arrives and shoots Hardigan in the back. As sirens approach, Bob leaves and Nancy lies down in Hardigan's lap. Hardigan passes out, telling himself he's willing to die for her life. <laughs> That's the scene. <laughs> we have so little to say. <laughs> um, I take both. I take his weapon, both of his weapons. Yeah, yeah. That comes. He shoots. His comes up later. Off. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very noir. You know, talking about his weapons. Uh yeah, all of all of the movies very very well. Yeah, sorry, no, go, go ahead, Josh, please. <laughs> um, no, it. I mean, it was shot in black and white night. I mean, the the uh, it's just that's all it's about, dudes who just you know they just want to protect those helpless women no matter how Every it's just single ridiculous. one of these is about a tough as nail dude protecting a helpless woman who's also tough as nails and can take care of herself uh, but i better protect her even when the women can protect themselves they need protecting yes yeah. Yeah. so it's like the direct misogyny and the subtle misogyny simultaneously yeah. simultaneously and it's one thing to do this in a watchman style uh, like like satire on the genre, you know. These guys think of themselves as so important, but they're flawed. I could buy that. I could buy the shit out of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's Bruce Willis's first part. Then we cut to Marv narrating. He's a toughest nails guy. <laughs> oh my god, they're not vignettes in that version. In my version, I get the whole Bruce Willis movie beginning to end. They cut it into two. What? They, yeah. They cut it into two and ours, but you get it all at once? It's all. Even, and, and I get a whisper of seven years later. No, and then it's time cut. We, the what time cut. Weird version you saw. The time, yeah. the time cut comes at the end. Yeah. Of this one. That's why I was so confused. I was like, how does he become Mickey Rourke? How does this happen? So, uh, <laughs> So did it start with the Marv storyline, or started? No, with it's, the it started with the Hardigan. Uh, and, but it went all the way through to all the way through to the bar. end. We yeah, see, yeah, no, these, well, all the way through to the end, end where he beats him to death. Yeah, right. Wow. These these are intercut. So these are these are essentially vignetted. Um, but the Bruce Willis one gets cut in half, and we get the time jump at the end of the movie. Yeah, and and there's also little scenes like. During Marv's, we get a we get a shot of Nancy and a shot of Brittany Murphy and Clive oh, Owen. All of that exists in the in the the continue in the standalone versions too. Okay, yeah. So we get Marv narrating. Oh. He's having a one night stand with a woman named Goldie. Marv awakens to find she's been killed while he was asleep. We get a single shot of Elijah Wood, <laughs> Elijah Wooding, all over the place. Kevin. 
Kevin. He's like, Marv, I need you to take this ring. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and on it, buy us some PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Marv flees, realizing it's a frame up, frame job. The police arrive. He vows to avenge Goldie's death. Jumps down. I- his- he flees the same way that Captain America flees in the Winter Soldier <laughs> <laughs> or, or in Civil War, which is I'll just go through the cops. It's fine. Yeah. Just straight go right through. I will say I really liked the action sequences of Marv. I think that they really did a good job of him punching stuff and throwing people and shooting people mm-hmm. and having them fly off in weird directions that yeah. there are a lot of like gun action sequences that are over the top. But some of them I'm like, it's so cool to see somebody get blown across a room. By yeah. a hand, yeah. yeah, comic accurate. It, it would it the action stuff was interesting and in some instances kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it really worked well. Uh, so yeah, he goes through the cops. <laughs> he he lands feet first through the windshield of a cop car and then throws the cops out and drives away. It's great. From, it's great from like the third floor. <laughs> die like lands well, in the cop and it's so funny well, actually he landed in the trash yes um and then jumped out and propelled himself from the street level on a horizontal plane i have no issues with people defying the laws of physics in this movie it's oh, so no. funny that is the least of my issues with this movie no no and the way the cars drive is very cartoony and yeah, yeah. it's very dick tracy you know yeah. the fishtailing everywhere yeah yeah everyone fishtails everywhere and the cars are all from the 50s <laughs> like yep. yeah. yeah sometimes all four wheels off the ground yeah, it, yeah. exactly he recreated his comic book as we've said before it was just yeah. directly direct <laughs> yeah absolutely uh so yeah he uh he drives the car into i guess the river so they'll think he's dead he swims into the sewers comes back up <laughs> Goes to his par- <laughs> his parole officer. <laughs> Les- I like to think I, I like to think that that's just how he gets done with a car. Like <laughs> yeah. when he steals a car, he's just like woo into the river. Like fuck parking. I can never find anywhere to park. I'll just put it it's, in the river. <laughs> it's like those little electric scooters that you find in like every canal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Carla Gugino looking, uh, oh, I love yeah. her. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, she's a parole so good. officer. Yes, yeah, yeah, the lesbian parole officer, which they make a very big point of. Um, she advises him to give up because Marv may have imagined it all due to his condition. Uh, which he's just punchy, right? You know, he's just yeah. taking too many blows to the head. Yeah, I she, think that's the. Condition. She gives him his pills. Which he's just, he literally just throws them at his face and whatever goes in, goes in. Every single time. Yeah. I laughed so hard. Every time he's like, I got to take my pills. Ah, and like throws them in his face because he's wearing so much prosthetic shit. He doesn't know where his mouth is. But it's another panel from the comic because it was another situation where the pills were red. So that black, white, and red. So I even remember where the... Craig Miller drew the pills sort of spilling everywhere yeah. in the, yeah. Yeah, well, and, the color effect. And, but yeah, it is hilarious. Well, and and what was hilarious too was like, so I, I've i seen the comic panels many times. The, the, the tiny bandages all over 
Mark. Yes. Yeah. So many. Yeah. Like I, they looked. It looked fine in a comic, but as he moved around, I was like, "Why did you yeah. use so many tiny bandages?" Mark? You could see underneath them from time to time, and they just looked really like they weren't covering a wound at all. They're just. <laughs> They're he so looks like clean. Nelly. Yeah. You yeah. Know, with that There's bandage no on his dust face or dirt rubbed on <laughs> Nelly with the bandage. <laughs> I will yeah. say this. I will say this. I love watching Hot Mickey Rourke acting with small <laughs> objects like he's incredible it's like mickey we want you to walk into a room and he's like yeah i'm gonna swing my arms all crazy but it's like mickey pick up this pencil and he's like fucking pencil man what the shit ah, 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 ah. like he can't handle ah. something with both fingers or like all 10 fingers on his hands he's I yeah think even the hands are prosthetic he's yeah. like watching a t-rex vacuum or something like I, what the hell is happening i do have to give it to robert rodriguez mickey rourke was the perfect casting for marv I don't yeah. think of him looking like Mickey job. Rourke. I think of him looking like this character. And when I see Mickey Rourke's face, I go, whoa, what happened to him? He looked all cool at that one point in time. He's frozen in this movie in my mind, which is probably for the best. I mean, he looks better in this movie than he does currently. Um, so, yeah. And better than he did in Iron Man 2 Oof, and in The Wrestler. Yeah. You know, like it was it was pretty quick. I think he got the bug for plastic surgery pretty quick around this time. Yeah. Uh, Marv goes to a bar where Clive Owen starts narrating briefly. And he gets taken out back. Because it's part of the Clive Owen story and they edited it in to this part of the movie. Yeah, because he's talking about Marv. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. It makes way more sense in the Clive Owen story. Was it in the Clive Owen part in yours? Yes. It's not oh. part of this part of the movie. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> That's part of this move. That's this is when that happens. Yeah. Uh so the uh, yeah, he gets taken out back by some hitmen. Uh he gets to drop on them, tortures them, and interrogates them. I I love his morality. He's like, the best thing about Hitman is you can kill him and you don't feel anything about it. That's such a badass thing to say in a noir setting. Oh, in a noir setting. Sure. Oh, yeah. His like, code of ethics is. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, you don't hit girls, but I love killing Hitman. Like, it's it's very you don't satisfying. Hit girls unless you don't want the girl to see what you're doing, I guess. Yeah. In that case, if you can protect her, her delicate sensibilities, then you by, can knock by her out by giving her extreme head trauma yeah give her a <laughs> yeah. concussion she'll be fine in the morning let's go take a nap i wouldn't want the little concussion. lady to have to see that like all the men talk like pimps yeah. you know what i mean they well, think they you know like i love her and, and i just think of, think of all the times in movies where you've got like a a, a dominant badass you know machismo male character and the weak effeminate character who is seeking revenge mm. and he's like no you can't see this and she goes dude this is the this is the end of my story i need to see this how much more satisfying that is than him smacking a dame on the face carrying her to the car and then killing the guy if she had gotten catharsis i think this would have ended so much better her being like disgusted but also pleased with the outcome would have been she would have been a character instead of a object yeah, but then it wouldn't have been written by Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Marv, you know, works his way up to uh, um, a corrupt priest who reveals that the Rourke family was behind the murder. Marv kills the I, priest. 
I've eaten things you people never imagine. Six <laughs> prostitutes with my really? friend Kevin. Kevin. Um, the priest tells him that there's a farm upstate at, yeah. where there's some where no a good, good dogs go. <laughs> um, yeah. We're <laughs> a farm upstate. It's not a glue factory, I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um... As Marv leave, he gets attacked by a woman in a car who looks like Goldie. He dismisses that as a hallucination. Um, and you guys watched Yellow Jackets? Not yet. No, I yeah, it's I good have. though. <laughs> just, I like it. I yeah. No, I kept thinking about the <laughs> the cannibalism. <laughs> oh, that as I watched this. There's yeah. a lot of cannibalism in the air lately. <laughs> I don't know. I, I made me think of for all mankind. There's a theory that somebody got cannibalized on Mars, but mm-hmm. we won't get into that. Al, we can talk about that later. Uh, so Marv goes to the Rourke family farm. He fights a dog. Then gets he fights a dog. He fights a dog. He fights the dog. You guys. He fights a dog. <laughs> he doesn't just yeah. He doesn't just like subdue the dog. He like fisticuffs fights the dog. <laughs> Does yeah. it's it's great. It's uh, honestly normally when animals are hurt in a movie, I'm like, oh, this is weird. But he fights this dog, and it's, well, he makes a, he makes a point of saying like, I would never shoot you. Yeah, like, I just like so the just dog like a is dame. equal as a, as a woman. Yes, exactly. Same dog, kind of thing. Dogs like, and women, same level. Same like, I don't, I don't like, want I'm you to gonna, see this. I don't want you to see this. Yeah, boy. Boy. Uh so then then Kevin uh gets the drop on him. Um Who does? I, I, I love Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is the best character in this movie. Again, <laughs> spot on casting. Putting Elijah Wood as Kevin is incredible. <laughs> he is so creepy at every moment in this movie. Uh, and before that, did you ever feel like you could be creeped out or intimidated by Kevin? No, no. Anybody named Kevin? I was like, nah, nah. It's a, his name's Kevin. And being Come creeped up by Elijah Wood in general was not something that I ever thought about. Like, then you put those, you slap those nails on his fingers, and you're thinking <laughs> twice about trying to grab that ring. Huh? That's right. <laughs> Look out! It, it's Kevin. Kevin, yeah. <laughs> Kevin ate Samwise. Anyways, um, he wakes up. In the basement. Rosie is not at the Shire when they return. No. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Marv wakes up in the basement. There's a bunch of prostitutes' heads mounted, stuffed and mounted on the wall. I remember seeing this in the theater, and this shocked the hell out of me. This was the moment in this movie when I was 17 or 18 going like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This movie went from weird to like, we're going deep in like dark shit. Yeah. I do not miss mid two thousands edginess. Yeah. The it, Eli Roth, um, torture porn, like it, that, yeah. like it was gross. Mid two thousands edginess. It's, it just hasn't aged well. It's crazy. Cause like, like I said, when I watched this in theaters, I remember this being the moment that shocked me, but watching it now as a grown ass man, the moment this movie starts, I'm like, ooh, throughout. Yeah. It's just, Icky. <laughs> yeah. Just gross. Uh yeah, so uh Lucille, his parole officers, there's 
too. She's been captured after looking into his story. She tells Marv that Kevin's a cannibal. Uh, Goldie was a prostitute. Um, Kevin also cut off Lucille's hand and ate it in front of her. They escape the basement. Lucille gets... Uh, we get a we get an interesting characterization of a woman in this moment. Dames. Sometimes they just got to let it all out. And then they're normal again. Yep. Yeah. Coming from a, uh, from a guy whose inner monologue sounds like a, a little girl's diary for the last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I kissed Our... a girl and then she died. And, <laughs> yeah, and now I'm forever mad. Aven- yeah. yeah. I'll forever avenge her. Like maybe if I yell so, about it, I feel better. So Kevin's mentality is just like uh, a woman that good. You don't eat all at once. Oh, I assume he savored that, all of them. That's so close to say, good. but like, I, you know I that assume joke, the farmer, the farmer and the pig. Yeah. The talking yeah. pig. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. The, the pig with the peg legs. Yeah. 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 You don't uh, need a pig like that all at once. <laughs> so. Lucille gets shot by the cops. Oh, wait. Marv pulls the bars out of the window. Yeah, just pulls them straight out. Yeah. That's by sheer will and the ability to get hit by a car four or five times. He's durable, I guess. That was fun. Like you had said, seeing him do this over exaggerated action, the bricks flying everywhere. It was He has a weird strength because if anyone else. Ran towards a police car, got horizontal, and tried to break the windshield with their feet. So <laughs> they're like <laughs> the way the way that the movie works for me. I've already seen Bruce Willis try to break out of the bars and oh. yell. Oh, huh. So it's interesting to have this be the two beat of that and have somebody successfully pull the bars off. I think it works better that way. Um, well, we'll never know because you guys don't. You guys saw him do that afterwards, so it's not as like surprising when Marv pulls the bars off the window. Yeah, no, it wasn't surprising at <laughs> it all. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> surprising. I don't know if surprising was is surprising. the wrong word. Probably. Yeah, I feel like even the mountain heads were not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing in this surprised like if, me per se. <laughs> no, if like, yeah, if like the Avengers appeared, then maybe surprising. <laughs> Everything else was as expected. Morgan Freeman drives Miss Daisy past. That would be <laughs> right <laughs> at 88 miles an hour <laughs> into the <laughs> future. Save Marty driving McFly. Miss Daisy into the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like we're going back, Miss Daisy, <laughs> <laughs> all the way back. Like it's the Libyans. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So yeah, um, yeah. Lucille gets shot by corrupt cops. Marv kills all the cops except for their leader, who reveals that Cardinal Rourke arranged for Goldie's murder. Marv goes to Old Town, which is Sin City's. Red Light District, run by prostitutes, to learn more about Goldie. Quaint little tourist area. Yeah. And gets captured by her twin sister, Wendy. There was a prostitute dressed as Wonder Woman. There was a prostitute dressed as Zorro. Zorro. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, too. But uh, Wonder Woman, she even had the lasso. (laughs) Okay, sure. Oh. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's not not just every type of female you might want no. to 
hire for it's, it's every like cosplay option too <laughs> it's like on hollywood boulevard like you could get elmo <laughs> <laughs> if you want it i'd be like ooh, <laughs> this one's dressed as march simpson <laughs> oh, look at this knockoff Iron Man costume <laughs> 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 hooker. <laughs> look, it's Groove from Despicable. All right. <laughs> the, the minion hooker. <laughs> <laughs> the, there are sexy minion costumes. Uh, like, there, Josh, there are no minion costumes that aren't sexy. <laughs> That's true. The old one-eyed monster. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, her twin sister, Wendy, who I would point out Wendy also <laughs> has blonde hair. <laughs> like, they should have, I don't know. They should have gone with a theme naming of the twins. Um, that's uh, who hit him with the car earlier. They think that he killed Goldie, so the gang of hookers tie him up and... Yeah. <laughs> And hit him for a while. But this he, is a great opening act for Band of Horses. Yeah. <laughs> the gang of hookers. Gang of hookers. There's a gang of hookers headed straight to town. R- rally a posse. <laughs> I got to hit an ATM. Sorry, that's not a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he convinces them he didn't have anything to do with it. They trust him and free him. Well, they don't free him. He frees himself. He could have done it anytime. Dames can't tie up Mark. Yeah. I love that they're like, she tied knots. And there's clearly no knots tied in that rope. Well, not only that, it's like nautical rope. It's pretty thick. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not good for tying tying a person. Not a person. No. Tying a car to a trailer. knots. Yeah. 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 Or a sail to a boat. Uh, Yeah. But you love that movie. But, but even these tough prostitutes who can take care of themselves can't take care of themselves when Marv's around. <laughs> He's got that risk. I feel like we're writing the letterbox description of this movie right now. Right. Uh, so uh, Wendy and Marv go back to the farm where Marv captures Kevin. He knocks out Wendy so she doesn't have to see what comes next. Uh, yeah. And- after saying that he would never hit, like every guy that says they wouldn't hit a woman hits a woman. You have <laughs> to say you yeah. never hit a woman. You're going to hit a woman. Before. It doesn't need to be said, guys. <laughs> That's right. Just, it's like just don't somebody, do it. Somebody starts their uh, sentence with, I, I don't mean to be racist, but they're <laughs> yeah. about to say some, like some real racist shit. Yeah. Um, so then Marv cuts off all of Kevin's limbs and lures wolves there to eat him alive. Oh, that's the dog. Oh, that's the, the dog. Yeah. Okay. This, this oh, is one that dog he, that yeah. he punched out. That's right. Before. That he punched out. <laughs> He's he like, sorry about her. that. <laughs> like boxers who buy each other steak dinner afterwards. You know, just <laughs> this happens so early in both versions of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, I, I really expected Kevin to be around for most of it. Yeah. You know, Kevin's usually a loyal. Uh, friend you know usually doesn't leave halfway through the show no usually you got kevin kevin for life you pay for kevin you get a full kevin service you know what i'm saying i don't want to have kevin you can count on kevin i mean he's not intimidating but you can count on him he's a good guy 
<laughs> You'll scratch your back, that's for sure. Kevin, hey, Kevin. I just mean Kevin's. <laughs> no, Kevin's 38, but he'll still help you move for pizza. That's how good of a guy he is. <laughs> that's how cool Kevin is. Yep. Uh, Kevin. Um, so <laughs> Marv goes to confront Cardinal Rourke, uh, who confesses his part in the murders. Kevin was his ward. They liked to eat prostitutes together. Uh, he had the voice of an angel? That's what he says. Yeah. He is often called the songbird of his generation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really wanted to hear him talk after hearing him yeah. say he had the voice of an angel. You'll never hear it. He only spoke to me. And I'm thinking, it's like, I've heard, or, I've heard I almost called him Orlando Bloom. Elijah Wood talk. And what voice would Elijah Bloom do for the voice of an angel? <laughs> I know it doesn't matter, but I'm just like curious. Is he going to be like, oh, it's me. I'm Kevin. Hi. Because they, they do a bunch of bath salts and then they eat hookers. And so, yeah, <laughs> he thinks he's, he's talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to God, but it's the math. He's all, man, you could be a singer, man. <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> that was... Beautiful. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marv kills. They eat. It's a, their special thing. We yeah. we put this together. It's it's our Friday. It's a standing date. Um. Anyways, Marv tortures and kills the cardinal. Then gets uh the 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 cops or guards show up and he gets shot and captured. He gets nursed back to health. Uh, the cops threaten to kill his mother to get him to confess to killing Rourke and Kevin and the victims. This is the second character that we've seen in this movie get shot. God, maybe it didn't happen already for you guys. I don't know. Um, get shot and go, oh, I wish they hadn't saved me. Yeah, it, it, we haven't seen Bruce Willis do that. Yeah, Marv says that. In too. the yeah. theatrical cut. But there's, it's just weird to have that happen twice. And it's, you know, it, if it's I had a nickel for every time, I wouldn't be rich. It's but because there I were have two, two nickels, and that's weird. It's because there were three characters in this movie: tough as nails, mm-hmm. good guy with a heart of gold; tough as nails, uh, lady with a heart of gold; and evil bad guy. Oh no, you're forgetting about the other tough as nails guy with the heart of gold too. That's right. There's, there's, there's at least three of them. That's what I'm saying. All three of those dudes were the same character. Same character. Dwight like, Hardigan and Marv, same guy. Same like, guy with same mentality. When when Miller was writing this, he couldn't decide on one story to write, so he just kept writing more stories. He's like, ah. He couldn't write this. That's what he he wrote it already. But, he, but, just that's what I mean, his though. Comic book, but, and they storyboarded his comic book. But like in the 80s, he, like these are separate. Oh, like he was like, oh, I should, maybe if I rewrite it this way. I, maybe if he's a cop this time instead. No, maybe if he's just like an old guy who who was old and misunderstood. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he's a cool guy hard, this time. Yeah. Detective series. Yeah. Yeah. No, every time it's just the most the most cartoonish version of of Bogey or 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 uh uh Nicholson in in a, right, the Sam Spade, the yeah. um, Marlowe, yes, yeah. So, uh, like you said, Key Largo, uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Marv gets sentenced to death. Wendy visits him on death row and thanks him for avenging her sister. He then 
eventually gets electrocuted. Um, that takes a uh, while. It didn't take the first time. No. When he's describing the whole process of getting to the execution, I love this in movies. The last like steps to an execution. Um, but when they shave his head, he looks just like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. <laughs> he looks like a bigger version of Ryan Reynolds. In, yeah, he does, doesn't he? The the face makeup without the bandages, it just immediately, I was like, oh, weird. It looks like he had cancer all over his body. Yeah. Huh. Um, we cut to a man banging on an apartment door. We're in Shelly's apartment. She's getting harassed by her abusive ex-boyfriend, Jackie Boy. Her new boyfriend, and I use that term loosely because we find out later that he's also Rosario Dawson's boyfriend. Play gonna play, you know? Yeah. Uh, Dwight. Um, but Frankie Boy makes a point to say to his goons that he doesn't hit broads. And then also that... Um, Some of his best friends. Yes, that's it. Some of his best friends are black. Like he has to qualify that he's not racist. Yeah, because <laughs> she's taunting him, saying that uh, yeah. all five starters from the the bas- the local basketball team are uh, in there. Yeah, that this, there's like an African orgy or something. Love fest. This is the closest we get to satire. I think is with J- uh, Jackie Boy, and it is not satire at all. No. Like, but but like being kind of self-aware about corruption and like I, I don't know. It yeah, no, it's the closest. It it doesn't get there, but yeah. It, He's just a villain, but but it yeah, it is the closest. Um yeah, so her new boyfriend Dwight <laughs> is in the bedroom while Jackie boy and his thugs try to get into the apartment. Dwight hides in the shower, Jackie and the boys <laughs> come in. He hits her. <laughs> Goes to the bathroom. Dwight violently warns him to leave her alone, puts his face in the toilet, and Dwight's narrating at this point. This is one of my favorite shots in the movie, is him in the shower from above the bathroom. Mm. uh, Benicio Del Toro taking a piss. It's just such a weird shot in this movie that, that feels like we're on a soundstage. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. It it didn't take me out of the movie, but it just took me like a, like a single slice above it. You know, it was weird. No, there's some very, there's some visually interesting things that are done here, but you know, it does not make yeah. the movie worth watching. <laughs> Sadly, they don't last more than a moment. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Jackie boy leaves. Dwight goes out on the ledge. Jackie Boy and his cronies drunkenly drive away towards Old Town. Dwight follows as he jumps off the ledge of the building. Shelly yells something at him, but he doesn't hear her. I wish there was more of this in the movie, because this is such a great thing to set up, because it doesn't happen for another five minutes. Mm -hmm. You know? You saw a longer version of this shit than us, and you still wish there was more? Well, no, no, no. I just mean there were more elements like like setting a thing up that then is revealed later, because there's none of that. Everything, we're just short, sort of shown all the stuff in the movie. It's just there in the frame. Yeah. But this is the one time where we get told a thing, and we think, stop. Okay. It and might, that, but that, and it seems I didn't even think that back. much. Yeah. I didn't even realize she really said anything coherent. I didn't never thought about that. 
it's one of the few things I remembered from this I movie. I thought it was just like, don't go. He's going to hurt you. Yeah. When he, when he grabbed the wallet, I was like, oh, shit, that's right. She yelled at him. It's a cop. That I remembered that from, God, 20 years ago, which mm. is crazy to think For that, you. like, that that story beat clicked in my brain. The yeah, only thing true. I remembered about this movie were the prostitute heads. Oh. <laughs> of state. And, and yep. like that Elijah Wood was the oh, guy. The st- and the stare from Elijah Wood. Just. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Dwight, Dwight watches the, the gang harass a young prostitute named Becky, Gail, the prostitute's leader, um, is also there. They're watching from the top of a building. Her, her and Dwight have a history. Jackie boy threatens Becky with a gun. Miho, the... Not entirely racist caricature of jumps of a martial arts expert prostitute. They could have named her with the classic uh, J.K. Rowling naming convention. Ugh, yeah. You know, so at least her name is not an Asian trope in itself. I guess she. uh, Yeah, she kills Jackie Boy and his friends. Uh, Production note: Those were the same swords used by the uh, used in Kill Bill. During the uh, the scene in um, oh versus the eighty eight the eighty eight yeah oh, I love that scene so much. That's how you do violence, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yes, you know a mo- a very stylized movie that involves a lot of cartoonish violence that was pretty recently made compared to this film. Like it's shocking how much better Kill Bill is than this movie, and they. Well, w- with cartoon violence. Yeah. You know, and this this has cartoon violence, but it is like realistic cartoon violence in uh, its own weird way, you know. Writing. Yeah. 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 One Tar- had writing. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. It's just. Much- he's, I, I mean, he's literally writing action scenes. Yeah. They have meaning, you know. Yeah. Whether that meaning is like, like moral or visual aesthetic meaning is, you know, whereas this is just like, well, she got to get shot with a machine gun. We're going to shoot her in a field with a machine gun. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't even interesting to watch. It was just kind of went on too long. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyways, Miho kills the gang, and then they realize that Jackie Boy is actually Detective Lieutenant Jack Rafferty of the Basin City Police. He's a hero cop. And and this wasn't established well before it that this meant the end of all things in the world. Like, they had to tell us afterwards? Yeah, they had to tell us why this was such a big deal. Like, killing a cop inside this part where the cops don't come, that's really bad. Oh, oh, you yeah. know, like, like oh, shit, that, that makes like sense. It's kind of like it was the Narrows in Gotham. Yeah, yeah. like, like that, that. it makes perfect sense, but I shouldn't have had to been told it after the fact. We weren't shown, it, for how visual this movie is we're not shown anything we're just told because they literally adapted all of the narrative uh script of the book into narration yeah (sighs) Uh, yeah so they're different mediums and they don't work the same they don't guys there's a reason you don't just literally film exactly what's on the page. There's I reasons mean, for that. Ha- have you guys seen? Uh, we all we all do YouTube. We're on YouTube. Find us on YouTube. Uh, have you guys seen people who 
read comic books out loud on YouTube. I, I think they may have been yeah. pulling a lot of these people for copyright now, but there are people who will yeah. reenact a comic book, um, and it's kind of fascinating to watch. But that's not that far from what this wound up kind of being, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's a movie. Like, they went through the work of filming people. But, like, the end result is kind of similar Yeah, to somebody just kind of reading a comic book out loud. You know, not to diminish this and say that it's like a YouTube video. But, like, it's interesting to see that <laughs> now being a thing. And, like, being like, holy shit, it's just... No. That's what happens when the author of the work adapts his work into another medium. Yeah, and doesn't change it to fit that real. It's just it's weird. This is a weird movie. Yeah, it really, it really is a fucking weird, weird movie. movie. The, the more I think about it, the weirder it gets. So, uh, yeah, if the cops learn how he died, the truce with the prostitutes would end, and the mob would be free to come in and take over Old Town from our friendly neighborhood prostitutes. Um, Dwight takes the bodies to a tar pit. On the way, he gets stopped by a cop, and he imagines Jackie's corpse talking to him while he's driving. Then mob enforcer Minute shows up and kidnaps Gail, urging her to surrender Old Town to the mob. Oh, did we we missed Lorelai uh, Rory betraying the gang of prostitutes? Yeah, we find that out after the Sex fact, workers. but we she says she has to call her mom, but she's yeah. actually calling. The mob. It wasn't Lorelai on the phone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it was not Lorelai on the phone. I'm not going to make it to Star- my shift at the coffee shop. From Stars Hollow. Yeah. Um, at the pits, Dwight gets ambushed by a group of IRA mercenaries <laughs> hired by the mob. I love this choice. <laughs> IRA. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. It is. Frank Miller made crazy choices. Um, they steal. Oh, Jackie. J- yeah, they had to decapitate Jackie too. Um, so they take his head. Uh, they put Dwight into the tar pits. He nearly drowns, but then Miho he gets he well, gets exploded into the yeah, tar pits. Yes. They don't put him by, in there by a grenade. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he finally sinks. Uh, okay, that's how grenades Miho work. and Dallas save him. Explody IRA guy has more character development than the yellow bastard and Kevin combined. Yeah. He says to them, I don't like guns. That's why I carry this belt of grenades. And you go, oh, there's probably, oh shit, there is a grenade. Whereas Kevin is uh, like, nails. I have nails and I eat people. And the yellow guy's like, I don't know. I like to molest children. And the guy cut my dick off and now I'm yellow. The guy with the grenades has more character development than the two villains in this story. Well, he does because there's a real world background to this man that we have we have um, context for. Uh, yeah. Sorry, it's just so um, fascinating to me. I love this character actor too. I forget his name, but yeah, uh, his name uh, in the movie was actually Brian. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, but uh, he was, I'm trying to find it right now. Um, he was in um, Sons of Anarchy. Chips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sons Tom, of Anarchy. Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Westworld also. He's, he was in Gladiator. Um, yeah. He was a thug yeah. in some comic book movie we did. I'm yeah. Certain of it. Maybe one of the um, He was in Guardians. That's right. He's in the, he's in the, what's it called? One, crew. one of them. He the was Ravagers. A, he was a thug in Face Off. 
Oh, he's oh, the yeah. ravager that backs uh, the captain and the, that backs Yondu and gets spaced. Yeah. Oh, right. He's a That's ravager. Right. God yeah. Damn it. Okay. He's he's one of Yondu's like loyal guys in two in Guardians two. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, hmm. not, not a lackey of Taser face. <laughs> no. Uh, he also plays Tom the Knife in an episode of Gotham. Hmm. Um. Oh. Um. He. Oh, he was also Martin in three episodes of Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's one of the goons in the last season of Westworld. Hmm. Um. I think he could have taken Kevin. <laughs> he's got Moxie. I mean, he's got his grenades. Yeah. I think. I think. Kevin, no problem. Yeah, so... Um, he's, he's the hero that Sin City deserves. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they take his head. Kevin. And, and so, anyways, they chase the IRA guys down. They kill most of them. Brian goes into the sewer with Jackie Boy's head, and Dwight and Miho kill him and take the head back to Old Town. Meanwhile, we learn that Becky, threatened with the death of her mother, was the one who betrayed the prostitutes <laughs> to Minute. Um, oh my God, this fucking movie. <sighs> Minute prepares the mob's invasion of Old Town. They, but Dwight calls and sets up a trade for Jackie Boy's head for Gail's freedom. But they actually stuff the head full of explosives. Dwight detonates it after he throws it to Minute destroying the evidence along with a bunch of the mob and then the other prostitutes gun down the rest of the mob while Becky, who is injured, escapes from the fight. So this is the most satisfying ending, I think, because this is how the movie ended for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, this is how the movie ended for me. Was with the end of this sequence. Wow, yeah. Whereas now in the... The whole life... The whole yeah, my Valkyrie. Oh, uh, well, oh, the 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 Valkyrie thing is sorry, sorry. This is how the movie ends instead of having all this other stuff tacked on afterwards. It's weird. Yeah, right. there's a lot. We have the entire second half of Hardigan's story to go through. Yeah, and in my brain, it's already over. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but you watched more. You had more. How is how is it half an hour longer? I don't know. It's not fair. I'm an idiot. It's my fault. <laughs> we Now in the theatrical cut, we cut back to Hardigan, who's recovering in a hospital after being shot at the beginning of the movie. Senator Rourke informs him that Junior's in a coma. The Rourke legacy is dead. Hardigan will be framed for Junior's crimes. If he tells anyone the truth, his family will die. A grateful Nancy visits him in the hospital and promises to write him every week but disguise her identity so they won't know who's sending him the letters. Hardigan goes to jail. He refuses to confess. He receives his weekly letters from Nancy for eight years. Then the letters stop, and he receives a severed finger instead. Believing That's a cle It's a clever villain ruse, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Uh, believing they discovered who Nancy was. <laughs> it's in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need a finger, I can get you a finger. It's it's half well, the Joker. With we fingernail want to, polish. You know, I want to be locked up and half Big Lebowski. Here's my finger. It's, it's the nihilist chick's toe. It's yeah. not bunnies. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Believe the nihilist chick is, is Amy Mann, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> Believing they discovered who Nancy was, uh, Hardigan confesses to the charges. Oh, they also cure his heart condition. Um, <laughs> which that's not how heart conditions work. <laughs> <laughs> they merely melted his cold, cold heart. Yeah, that's right. It's, if it, your heart, it grows, turns out, it turns out they put it on a time release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so uh, yeah, he gets paroled after confessing because that's like immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. All you have to do is say you did it. Oh, okay, time served. All right, good for you. Yeah, uh, he gets picked up by Bob, his old partner, who drives him home. Um, did he kill Bob in the car? Like it was weird. No, he didn't kill Bob. Right. No, I guess he's above revenge. Uh, they did a whole um, water under the bridge thing. I guess. Well, no, Bob kept saying <laughs> that, but Bruce Willis was looking like he wasn't buying it. Uh, he, he did come around he he did say it once himself at the end of that scene but it was no but he said it in that Bruce Willis way like I don't believe him I think he's really going to kill Bob <laughs> like context and tone means things besides the actual words he says I, I think he might kill him later <laughs> okay. I don't think he's a priority right now Um. so uh, he decides to search for an adult Nancy but he doesn't know he's being followed by the yellow man. He eventually... <laughs> the most conspicuous guy in city. He's the only yeah. one who has color. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he eventually finds her doing a cowgirl routine as a stripper at a bar. Um, uh, production... And uh, we find out that even though it's eight years after the original scene, it's still prior to um, the hard goodbye with Marv because Marv's still in the bar. Yes, and it is also prior to uh, the whole prostitute thing with Brittany mm-hmm. Murphy and and the, and the Lorelai. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, yeah, uh, production note, Jessica Alba learned to lasso for this movie. <laughs> She's actually doing a really good job of it. I was impressed. I thought, I remember trying that as a kid, being a challenge. Uh, oh my God. When we went to high school, there was a group of you know ranch kids that would stand on a portion of the lawn and just practice their, their yeah. lassos. Yeah. Their lassos yeah. in the brightest the four, pink and the blue. The 4-H kids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> you guys are gay. Like, you're wearing a turquoise and pink diamond patterned cowboy you have a last like, let, let me tell you a little bit about the, the history of cowboys also <laughs> yeah gets a little lonesome on the prairie there cowboy uh so uh anyways she jumps off stage and puts her tongue in his mouth immediately when she sees him i've never been more skeeved out by a scene in a movie not cool in this moment this just this moment just then you should come over. I've got some movies for you. <laughs> oh God. I got like watching like Woody Allen vibes from this. No, just no, I'm like, talking like Pink Flamingos. I'm talking oh, like Oh, oh wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a whole other I'm talking Brooke yeah. Brooke Shields and Jodie Foster have some <laughs> Oh, that's that's a whole other story. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. But this this just Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, she's nineteen. He's it's less fifties. It's less Bruce Willis kissing Jessica Alba. I just want to be clear. It's less that he is 
getting kissed by Jessica Alba's as an actor, they're both very age difference, whatever. The fact that this character is written to be pining after yeah, Hardigan. Totally I mean, her having, is is the thing that gets me. The it's little, just such a the little girl getting is. a crush on him's one thing. The fact that he's like initially resistant and then it's like, yeah, all right, whatever. It yeah. literally calls himself Galahad. Like it's yeah. it's the same beat over well, and, he, and over and he over. He says like a daughter. Like also, it just that ruins all of the like a daughter protective white knight shit immediately. So gross. Yeah. So yes. so um, boring. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hardigan realizes he was set up to lead them to Nancy. The two drive away in her car. They're followed by the yellow man who starts shooting at them. Hardigan shoots him back in the neck. The yellow man crashes. They stop to confirm that he's dead, but they can't find the body. And then they drive away, not realizing he's hiding in the trunk. They hole up in a motel where Nancy confesses her love for Hardigan, who tells her that it's wrong because he's old. And but they still kiss. Um, Yuck. Yuck. Gross. Then Yellow Man ambushes Hardigan. He reveals that he's Rourke Jr., disfigured by years of yellow to regenerate his body. Uh, Ambushes him while he's taking a cold shower. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he says, no, Nancy. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks, yeah. She's she's... trying to get into the shower with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our hero. Um, Also, Yellow Man, wasn't that a reggae artist from like the Caribbean five, Mm -hmm. ten years ago? Yes, Light skin. Uh, and there was a TV show, Yellow Man in Red. And technically, the character is Yellow Bastard. Yellow Bastard. Yeah. Yellow, uh, Yellow Man is the proper yeah. nomenclature to Asian Americans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, June. Isn't fucking Nom. <laughs> uh, Asian American. As Bruce Springsteen no. says, I'm born in the USA. Um, yeah. Uh, Wait, so, what's the lyric in Born in the USA that I Something missed? about the yellow man. Oh, Jesus. Not a yeah. Springsteen person, but wow. That doesn't sound Yeah, he sent me, they sent me off to a foreign land to go and kill the yellow man. Yeah. 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 Wow. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they put a rifle in my hand, sent me off to a foreign land to go and kill the yellow man. Yep. Yeah, that's Korea. And then the next verse, he's talking about his brother dying in... Song in yeah. Vietnam. Yep. So, um, anyway, <laughs> Reagan makes sense. That was a pro patriotic song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why he campaigned with it. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely not the only one. Oh, no, no, the yeah. Republicans. They, they, no. They love that. <laughs> I, Paul Ryan's favorite band was Rage Against the Machine. I mean, come on. Unironically, yeah. his yeah. favorite yeah. band. Unironically, yeah. Yeah. Like who? What fucking machine do you think that they're yeah. raging against? If he could read, he'd be very upset. Yeah, the refrigerator is that the machine you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's the laundry the, machine. The, the he electric doesn't, car. He doesn't want those things to be easier. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh Paul Ryan. Wow. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Blast from the past. Seems uh, almost kind of, almost kind of quaint. Yeah. Exactly. You know? <laughs> words I was going to use. Quaint, quaint. is sexism. Yeah. <laughs> Misogyny. That's interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, um, Hardigan get he hangs Hardigan, who, <laughs> through sheer force of will, doesn't die and gets himself down. 
I he like kicks this. out a window and grabs a piece of glass with his feet. Which he uses to cut himself free. <laughs> this is very Indiana Jones. I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool sequence. I think the piece of glass looks cool. I remember thinking that, like, as lame as this is, it's really cool. It works. Sure, sure. Again, the action is not the part of this movie that it doesn't work. Um... So, uh, yeah, then the, the two guys... Uh, Schlub and Clump. Schlub and Clump show up. They uh, are... He gets the drop on them again. Yep. But I I love their dialogue. It's mostly uh, Clump, I think, that's doing most of the talking, but they're talking about the Lamborghini. They're always talking about cars. Yeah. Um, in this case, the Lamborghini is like, how are we going to fit a, a body in this car that has no trunk? Mm-hmm. Or backseat. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he takes the car. He tracks Junior down to the Rourke farm. At the farm, Junior is torturing Nancy. Hardigan arrives. He kills Junior's guards, then confronts Junior. We see Kevin on the porch. Yeah. Which surprised me because why didn't Kevin do anything? It's not Kevin's. He's off the clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this is my reading. This is my call. reading time, not my killing time. I'm just gonna sit here on the porch, drink my lemonade, and enjoy the farm. Um, the snow, the snow. Yeah. So, uh, Junior. Uh, yeah, Junior takes Nancy hostage. Uh, Hardigan fakes a heart attack. Junior lowers his guard, and then he uh, shoots. He uh, castrates Junior a second time, brutally beats him to death. Afterwards, he sends Nancy away in her car, promising to join her soon. But knowing that Senator Work will never stop hunting them, Hardigan kills himself to ensure Nancy's safety. Mind you guys, credits roll. Shoots himself in the head, credits roll. It's incredible. Like the timing of it, I just, you can't, it, it's incredible. At, yeah, whereas in the theatrical version, we then cut to Becky talking on a cell phone in the hospital. Yeah. She gets, she's talking to her mom. She gets in the elevator. Josh Hartnett's there dressed as a doctor. <laughs> he offers her, their, offers her a cigarette. Yeah, calls her by name. She ends the call with her mom. She clicks shut her clamshell phone. And we hard cut to black and credits roll. And that was the only scene written for the movie. Mm. That last scene was the only one that did not come from the comics. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, it's weird because in the uh, customer or whatever, the client vignette, that's how it ends. The customer's always right. Yeah. The customer's always right. Ends with him getting into an elevator with a hospital scene. It's so jarring you're like why why is this How so is they this put that go? all together they don't even they didn't tack it on at the end yeah. of the other so, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it bookended the film like the first yeah his first scene and his second scene and yeah it, oh my god yeah instead it was in the middle of this i don't uh, series of vignettes i don't understand the recutting of it yeah that it should have been two vignettes at the at the end it should have been a second one. That's only fifteen seconds long, I guess. Yeah, it was like a minute, minute and a half tops. Like at yeah. the end, yeah. 
That's crazy. So that's the movie. We're, we're done. We made it through, guys. And unanswered <laughs> questions? No, not really. Uh-uh. Uh, I, I, I think that just like to think about the comic and the translation to the movie, Frank Miller, he didn't give a lot of these characters characterization necessarily. The book itself has character. That's why all these side characters like uh, what's his name? Dump and Clump. Um, they're talking about cars the whole time in the background. And mm-hmm. the, the villains are mysterious. Our heroes are mysterious. I, it's interesting, but it doesn't work as a movie, basically, because everybody's just so two-dimensional. And It's a movie, though. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a very two-dimensional movie. Kind of literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a lot of similarities to Pulp Fiction story-wise. Sure. Uh, not yeah. not story story, but like story structure. The way that they split up the Bruce Willis story. Um, you go back in time at the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean to return to a previous story. Robert, Bruce- yeah, I mean that's literally called Tarantinoing. Yeah, yeah, like in a film school situation. So that non chronological. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, well, Robert, you're, you're seeing the ending at the beginning, and you're working your way. Robert Rodriguez kind of was poor man's Tarantino for a period of time there too. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily call him that as much as like contemporaries and you know trying to do things that he thought were interesting. Yes, but also yeah. Tarantino was clearly far more of an influence on Rodriguez than Rodriguez was on Tarantino. Oh, absolutely no, yeah, no. Oh, we we can't claim that there necessarily was any vision if there are so clearly such disparate versions of it. Yeah, you know, so you can't say like, oh, it reminds me of this movie or that movie because you saw a totally different cut. Yeah. So who? I know Rodriguez is credited with cutting it, but what vision? Yeah. Which, yeah. What are we talking about? I guess there's more than well, one. I, I think the recut version was Frank Miller <laughs> deciding to. Well, okay, but my point being is that you can't compare the one we watched to Pulp Fiction or The Sound of Music. or yeah. there's That's not the same one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're yeah. not talking about anybody's editing vision. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas Pulp Fiction was a vision. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yes. All right, guys, we are going to be instituting our uh, rather than since we're not going to be ranking a lot of these movies, we're instituting our new system since uh, Siskel and Ebert weren't around to give this thumbs. We're going to give it thumbs ourselves. So uh, we'll start go around our virtual table. Josh. Thumbs. Uh, up or down on this movie yeah <laughs> that was a dumb question to ask I suppose yeah. um, <laughs> you know I think that it did accomplish a lot of the things that it set out to accomplish but I don't necessarily think the end result was all that entertaining anyways in spite of them succeeding so I've, I've got to go down it's, it's somewhat reluctant. It's not like a burn, but I, yeah, it's down. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. yeah it's, Brian? Uh, honestly, not to oh. be con- not to be contrarian, it's a movie that I if if a if a thumb is you should watch this movie. My thumb is up. You should watch this movie. It's not great, but this is a movie that is cool to see because it's it's different. 
it's just a thing to watch. It's not great. No, it's different. Yeah, but it's okay. it it for that and reason if you alone. Haven't it's, seen it. it's a cool. I'll never see it again. It's a cool idea of adapting a comic book into a different visual medium. But other than that, bad. Movie. But again, not <laughs> adapting. I hate to split hairs, but it's yeah. a good example of a direct translation. It's, it's translation. as if a, as if someone drew a storyboard and then took the camera and shot that storyboard. Yeah. Yeah, literally right. shot that, not acted it out. But anyways, that's split hairs, yeah. dude. No, yeah. no, you're right though. It is not an adaptation. It's like it's Deadpool just, is an it, adaptation it, that's really well done. This is it's almost like the Van Zant Psycho that we talked yeah. about not that long ago. Like it was an experiment of can I do this exactly the way I did this? Yeah, yeah. Um, Thumb down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Al, Al, what does Al say? I also give it a thumbs up, though I would, I haven't seen Brian's version, but I would probably recommend uh, not Brian's version. Not the Brian cut. Um, not the Brian cut. Don't watch it. <laughs> Don't watch it. does not Brian. improve the movie at <laughs> Professor all. Professor X shows up uh, at the end. It sounds like too many credits. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It. The, the version funny. I watched sounded cleaner than the way Brian was describing Honestly, it. Honestly, it was I mean, funny. I agree, too. If they, uh, like, <laughs> they needed to be split up, I think it would have been more jarring just all at once. Yeah. All right. So yeah. that's what, two and two? Or you haven't given you? I haven't given though. mine yet. Um, I, I am going down. I can't. I can't in good conscience recommend people watch this movie. <laughs> I have children. <laughs> it was I didn't I, I have a government job <laughs> I can't just go <laughs> no I mean I will yeah I I mean there 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 there's interesting things happening but at the end is this something I enjoyed watching no <laughs> not at all <laughs> did they find some helpful information in that colonoscopy yes did I enjoy it absolutely not yeah Exactly. So yeah, we're we're pretty evenly split on that one, which is interesting. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I like so our, two down. Yeah. So that's that's it. We are done with Sin City. Next time on Harmless Phosphorescence, we will not be reviewing the works of Frank Miller. We'll be reviewing the works of Alan Moore. V for Vendetta is our next film on harmless phosphorescence all right um i would like to ask at this time are we going to revisit sin city with the dame to kill for uh we did Probably. put it on the list yep we did put it on the list okay yeah, i mean it is one yeah it is one i was just curious if because that like, one i if, haven't seen i haven't seen it either and um if if it wasn't on the list i might go watch it yeah, it is now, on. but since it is on the list, I'm gonna save it. It is <laughs> <laughs> save it. We're gonna pump the brakes. Savor it. The great British bacon. <laughs> so yeah, that is it. Uh, next time on Harmless Phosphorescence, we'll be going with a different edgy '80s comic book creator, right, writer. Yeah, <laughs> V for Vendetta next week. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, this has been one of your hosts, the corpse of a slut worth dying for, Thoreau Smiley. I'm Josh CC, and 
I keep coming back to that cop I just killed. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and I got so carried away I forgot to take my pills. <laughs> um, I'm Alaric Weber, and I'm off to go punch out God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come with. Good on you, Al. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.